You can be on the outside looking in. Wow. You can be fighting against it. You don't want to do that. Or you could be moving with the crest of the wave. Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. And I am so excited that you're going to be joining us today because we're talking about something that we're both really, really, we just have a passion for. But before we dive into that, I want you to know that Conversations is actually part of a larger podcast network. We have Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. We have At Home with the Beveres. We have Godmothers. And if you will rate, subscribe, review, and ask some questions, we actually might just read what you have put in there. We've got Anna, and I'm scared to say her last name. What do you think? Filavazo. Okay, you've got that. Okay, this is what this is what okay. sweet Anna said. Anna sweet said, Anna. you both have stayed tried and true. Hallelujah. 40-some years. What a blessing. And to have a father and mother of the faith, thank you for encouraging me to draw closer to the Lord in my, and in my marriage as well. So what an incredible privilege. We do not think of any better role we could serve than a mother and a father in the faith. So John, last couple months, there's been some amazing things happening. In February, we had the Asbury Revival. We had the Jesus Revolution. We had the Awe of God book launch. Are are these, like, let's talk about what our responsibility is in this kind of dynamic where there seems to be a spiritual awakening. So, and and the thing I really want to add is Asbury was not the only place it was happening. There was an awakening happening in like 15 other locations. I love that. But I I believe, Lisa, when God begins to move like this, I believe you can be in one of three places. Okay. You can be on the outside looking in. Wow. You can be fighting against it. You don't want to do that. Or you could be moving with the crest of the wave. And I have, I have seen all through scripture, I've seen in modern day, in our early years, I've seen people fighting against it. And it's really scary. Yeah, I actually was really surprised by how many people were critics. I know. They were like, well, they're just singing. Well, well what would be so bad if God. that's all I mean, they did? They're not smoking but, dope. But you it's, know? It's, I mean, not, it's, it's not, not the only thing they did. They're singing and worshiping our and, creator, our Lord yeah, Jesus Christ. And the they're, scriptures were read. Yeah. Repentance was happening. I mean, One of our sweet team members went. Andrew, he said people were renouncing their affiliation with the occult, repenting of sexual sin. Those are all really good things. So I always go back to Jesus's words. Wisdom is justified by its offspring. Yeah. What is being produced will justify if the wisdom is of God or if the wisdom is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Yep. So when you see kids coming out of lifestyles that are ungodly and they're now living godly. Why wouldn't we be I happy? I don't want to give this much time on this podcast to talk about why would anybody criticize something like that. No, but wait a minute. And this this is something I, I remember I said, what we need to do is we need to pray that these moves, these awakenings, they stay pure. Yes. Not perfect. I mean, none. God is always about, all right, I just want a people whose hearts are perfect towards me, which is purity, not perfect in administration. He's more concerned about the heart than anything else. And it's crazy because here was this outpouring of God's spirit on the day of Pentecost. And it says that the unlearned, can I just say the unapproved of, the not religious appointed people 
began to preach the word of God with great boldness. Right. These were people that had been with Jesus, the disciples and the apostles. They began to preach the gospel. And what happens is the religious Pharisees are like so upset about it that Peter and John are preaching with boldness. They arrest them and they ordered them no longer to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. This is Acts 4, 19. But Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. But we cannot but speak of what we have seen and known. And it says, and when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because the people for for all were praising God for what had happened. So now this is what's interesting. So they're released and now they're talking among themselves and they're like what what do we what do we do? And I'm trying to find that's the part where I was trying to find where the leaders are like, "Hey, if we fight this, we might fight that we are not fighting men." Gamaliel said that. Where is that though? That's what I'm looking for. Well, Gamaliel yes. said he put them out. And he talked to all the leaders and he said, hey, there was a band that rose up years ago. And, it, and when the man was killed, they disbanded. They all fell out. Then yeah. he's named another one. Yep. And he said, now, yep. if these men here, yep. if they are preaching what is their own word, it will right. be disbanded like the others. But if not, we might find ourselves fighting against God. And which is not a place I, I, I want to be. I find that whenever we we see an awakening like this, mm-hmm. and I just want to say this because I I know some people, you can get to a place where you really think you're helping, or maybe you don't. But if you find yourself criticizing when kids are getting saved, kids are cha- repenting of lifestyles that are ungodly, I think you have to ask yourself, why are you doing that? Because you look at the you look at the offspring, you look at the lives being changed. Why would anybody be upset about that? It it, it just it doesn't make sense. But Jesus describes it. He said, "You cannot put new wine into old wineskins." And I think this is so interesting, Lisa, because it it says, and I I like the account in Luke five the best. But they come to him and they say, "Hey, why did the disciples of John and the disciples of Pharisees why do they fast often, but your disciples eat and drink?" Yeah. And what's interesting is who came to Jesus, you find it out in Matthew 9, is the, the disciples, disciples of John. John. Mm-hmm. So think about it. These guys were just on the cutting edge of what God was doing in the earth. Mm-hmm. So God was moving through them. Mm-hmm. John's God's moving through John the Baptist in that desert. I mean, the multitudes yeah. are coming out to them. Lives are being changed. They are moving with God. But now they're fighting against because of a technique. Okay? A technique. That's what they're all up in arms about. Is a technique. Well, a practice. Okay, a so practice. women yeah. preaching in a pulpit, a technique. You see what I'm or saying? A practice, yep. It's a practice or a technique. So Jesus looks at him and he says, hey, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. Now let's talk about this. Wine, in order to become wine, has to age. It has to ferment. So what they would do, they didn't have bottles like we have them today, or they didn't have those big canisters that they put them in, stainless steel or oak barrels or whatever. They put them in animal intestines. Usually it was a goat or a sheep intestine. I think intestine. it was a bladder. Bladder or something like that. I think it was, you but, guys, it's not an intestine, it's bladder. Well, but, but, but the point being <laughs> yes. is yeah. these things were flexible and pliable. Mm-hmm. And when you put the wine in, it gave. Mm-hmm. It, it, it stretched. It was pliable. Mm-hmm. But as it sat in the Middle Eastern climate, 
it's it lost all the moisture out of that skin. So that when you pour the wine out and you put new wine into that skin, it is no longer flexible. It's now brittle. Mm-hmm. And now what happens is this new wine destroys it. Yeah. Now, Jesus said both the wine skin and the wine are destroyed. What's interesting to me is God cares about both. He cares about the new move. He also cares about the people because the people are the wine skin. Yeah. So I believe that God actually at times says, if you want to stay in an old way of doing things without my presence, because wine is the presence of the spirit. If you want to do things, at least you're honoring me. Don't fight against me. But if that's what you want without my presence, I'm not going to force force myself on you. Right. So there was a way to actually renew the wineskin. Mm. And what they would do is they'd soak it in water for a really long time. And then they'd take it out of the water, let it dry again, and they'd rub olive oil on it. Mm-hmm. And that would make the wineskin flexible and pliable again. So now when the new wine's put in, it would give way to how the wine caused it to stretch. When God does something, Lisa, it th- this is why I love the Jesus Revolution movie. I was just thinking that. It's such a great example of it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I had the privilege of seeing it a, almost a year ago. Last September, the Irwin brothers showed it to Addison and Alec and I. And we're sitting in there, and I thought, this movie is magnificent because you've got Chuck Smith. He's floundering in ministry. He's he's dead. He's 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 discouraged. He's, he's, discouraged. Yeah. he's he's just going through the motions. He goes into his little church, and there's people that are just, you know, f- sleeping in his message. His message has got no authority, no unction, no no anointing. And all no of a next sudden, generation his daughter in. brings in a hippie into his life, mm-hmm. and Chuck's like critical of them at first, but yet this this hippie really touched. His name's Lonnie Smith. He really touches Chuck. And Chuck, he starts bringing his friends into the church, and now he's got all these hippies sitting over here in one section of the church, and he's got his traditional people on the other who are probably funding the whole ministry because the hippies probably aren't bringing very much. Yeah. And Chuck's at this critical moment because the people are upset that these guys are coming in with bare feet. They need a bath. They got long hair. They're messing up the carpet. They're messing up our new carpet. And Chuck's sitting there looking. I've got old wineskins sitting here, and I've got hungry new wineskins or sitting here. What am I? Where am I going? And he chooses the hippies. And as a result of him being flexible, God uses him to birth a movement that would cover the United States, which in many ways is still going on. And it's Lonnie Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> it's Lonnie Frisbee. What did I say, Lonnie? Smith. <laughs> it's Lonnie Smith. It's no, Lonnie Frisbee. It, it, yeah. Yeah, but he, but he continues. He continues. Uh, I mean, think about it. What Chuck Smith chose to do back then is still living today. Right. And Greg Laurie chose to do back then is still living today. Now, now Greg's a kid and he gets saved in this whole thing. Yeah. But the thing that I, for our illustration purposes, is Chuck had a decision. Yeah. Am I going to stay stiff and rigid or am I going to become a new wineskin? Yeah. And he chose the new wineskin. It's beautiful. And how interesting... That that movie, these guys planned this movie yeah. so long ago, releases in February, the same time Asbury happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just sitting there in awe yeah. of God. Only God. How only God could know this because God in his great, great love for us yeah. says, I want my children to see a living example of what happened 40 years ago, 50 years ago, actually. 
and how they need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Do I want to stay an old wineskin? Still make it to heaven, probably. Yeah. Jesus loves But us. not experiencing life no abundantly. Joy. Not experiencing the joy that comes with a fresh move of the Spirit. And, and what's interesting is Jesus then goes on to say, no man, when he tastes the new wine, immediately desires it, for he says the old's better. Mm-hmm. Why is the old better? It's calculated. I, I know how it's going to happen. I know, it, you know, I, I, I'm used, used to it. To, yeah. I, my, my, we're creatures of yeah. habit as human yeah. beings. I'm, 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 I'm used to this way of doing things. This is new. This is different. Having hippies in, having none of this. So it didn't, didn't taste good, real good probably to Chuck Smith in the beginning, mm-hmm. but he saw God in it. Mm-hmm. Lisa, I think what we need to encourage everybody is to say, keep your hearts open to God. You know, when when you and I were talking and I when I was praying about what was happening, we're only three hours from there. I was like, I'll get in my car and drive. I'll do whatever. And I, I had I such a sense that God said, I want you to to guard it in the spirit. I want you to pray over it. I want you to pray that it stays pure. I want you to do whatever you can to use your Good. voice to protect it. But the other thing he said to me that I really believe is happening, he said, I'm getting ready to send rain. And he said, when I send rain, he said, you want the soil to receive it. So good. And so he gave me scripture, Hosea 10, 12. It says, sow for yourself righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. That's probably that another way of saying that same process of baptism in the water, anointing of the oil, the preparation for the new wine. And so God is saying to us, I'm going to send the rain. I've sent a sprinkling. Deal with your soil. Break it up so it receives the rain. Because if we do not have soil that's it's broken up, if it's just hard drought soil Mm -hmm. crusted over, we get two things. We either get runoff or we get erosion. And we totally miss what God is doing. While other people are experiencing refreshing, we're still in a drought. And I don't want that for you. It's not penetrating. No, it it can't. We can't receive it. We can only observe it. Like what you said, we're on the outside looking in, or maybe we go to the next level of attacking it because we didn't personally receive anything. So you just said something. That soil... If it's if it's fallow and it's not broken up, it's not cultivated with that plow yeah. going through. Yep, it's on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just saw that. I saw here's this all this this soil, yeah, not getting any of the rain because you can it's throw running the seeds on it, and they they can't they can't can't penetrate the dirt. All that beautiful yep. water that it needs mm-hmm. and the seeds it needs mm-hmm. are all getting run right off. Mm-hmm. It'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I just got a vis. I'm sorry, I'm having a moment here. I got a visual of what I said at the beginning. Yeah. Th- this visual makes it even more real to me and how crucial it is. Yeah. So the soil is what? It's our hearts. So yeah. talk to me so about breaking up the fallow ground in our yeah. heart. Talk, talk, oh. Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, I think we saw some of that repentance. Yep. Worship. Yep. The word of God. Yep. Allowing the word to come in and rightly divide. Gathering with other believers, yep. all of these things. Humility. Hum, okay, humility. Yeah, yep. there wasn't any celebrity culture. There was a united purpose. I love that. It doesn't mean that God's like, well, forget the people that have any name. He's like, listen, everybody that comes before me, I want you to walk in a place of humility. So when we cry out to God and say, we need you, we need you, not not the 
approval of man, the accolades of man, the rewards of man. We want, we want to be pleasing to you. When we do that, that's dealing with a lot of hardness of heart. And you know, one of the things when this was going on, I, I thought to myself, I thought God can work with immaturity, but he will not work with pride. And so if we approach something Maybe from inexperience or immaturity or, wow, we're making this up as we go along because God is doing a new thing. He'll work with that, but he will not work with pride. He will resist the proud. And then we see in the book of Malachi where it says that God will begin to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, but he doesn't stop there. He says, and the children back to the fathers, lest he strike the land with a, with a curse. And I feel like in so many ways, our land has been struck with a curse. You think, well, what do you mean? Well, I don't know if people are looking around what's going on. There's so many people that are like, oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, it's the Republicans. Oh, no, no. God is bigger than all of that. And when we have a nation that should be a nation of abundance, and there starts to be a lack, what did God say to Israel? I'll curse your blessings. And I feel like in so many ways, our nation mm. is, is a blessed nation, but a curse is on our nation until it repents and turns back to God, until it says, you alone are holy, you alone are God. Because we've got really mean things happening with the liberals, but we got really mean things happening with the conservatives. Mm. We need kingdom. We need truth and love. We need grace and we need insight and mercy and holy fear of God. We need to merge it all. If not, we're just going to be tipping the scales one way or the other until God's people stand in the middle and declare truth. And I'm not saying stand and compromise. I'm saying stand in the middle. And we need to start calling people up, not just out. You know, I want to get back to that soil again. Um, yeah. You look at Israel and they they got to the place where they were so cold and so indifferent that they were doing selective obedience. Yeah. So in other yeah. words, they were obeying yep. things that didn't interfere with what they really wanted, their yeah. schedule or agenda. Yep. But then they were ignoring what God asked them to do. Yep. And God basically said to them at one point, your selective obedience is like offering pig's blood to me. Wow. It's like slaying another man. I mean, God chose all the things the that could festivals. be the great, that could be a great affront uh, um, uh, offense which, which to a very, Jewish person. Yes, very clear said, about this. This is he's he's being so clear. This this is this is the way I see it. Yeah, and he said, but this is the one that I will look at, and that word "look at" in the Hebrew means I will pay very close attention to. So God says that actually, this is the person I will pay very close attention to mm. on him who is poor, humble, him who's contrite, repentant. And him who trembles at my word, that's the fear of the Lord. And obedience. And obedience, because there's the, obedience is a dirty word. Well, the fear of the so Lord is to obey God. Exactly. That's what right. I'm saying. And, I just want to highlight. Man, the manifestation of the holy fear of God is obedience. You're absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you want that in the New Testament, Paul said, as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work right. out your salvation with fear and trembling, mm -hmm. for as God who is at work within us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Right. And he's talking about obedience. Right. The whole focus, the fear of the Lord causes us to obey God, whether we understand it or not, mm -hmm. whether we see a benefit or not. Mm -hmm. So they were only picking what was beneficial to them. Right. So this is the way you can prepare your soil. Ask God to forgive you for being selective in the way you've obeyed him. 
if God is saying- and, and can I just say, some people don't even, like they might need to start with, God, show me yeah. the ways I've been selective in my obedience, because our culture is so geared towards disobedience, dishonor, disrespect. So right. when, ask the when I when, to show you where you've been disobedient. When you see somebody goes, there's no way I'm forgiving that person. Yeah. Not, I mean, yeah. what they did to my family, you, yeah. you're like, okay, you are actually saying out loud, I'm going to disobey God. I mean, there's, let's just be, let's get right down to the root of this thing. Yeah. And that's a bitter root, and that defiles, yeah. the Bible says. Yeah. In the New Testament, it says yeah. that. And it's just a revival is an awakening to obedience to God. And righteousness. And, and this is, I say this all the time, and I, I, until I think of a better example, I'm not giving a different example. But when we had four kids that were toddlers, Christmas Day was a work day, Lise. And I'm the typical dad. I throw the pieces on the floor throw the box and the manual, the instruction manual over in the corner, and I start building it. And I build for an hour and I'm finished, but there's still 10 pieces on the floor. You're not finished then. And I hit the switch and it doesn't work. So what do I do? I go get the instruction manual. I deconstruct it. I rebuild it according to the manufacturer and I hit the switch and it works. Mm -hmm. It's like God is the one who created us. Yeah. And we think the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life are so easy to understand. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil means I know that that tree says, I know what is best for me. And it, and the tree of life says, I know what God says is best for me. Well, one is relationship and one is law. Too. One's relationship, one's law, but one is trust and one is pride. Hmm. Okay. Trust says, I know if he created me, he knows what's best for me. Yeah. If he is putting it so strongly in my heart that I'm not to watch this particular program, there must be something bad for me on that program. Right. Why? Because you got drawn into something. Do you want to keep watching it when the Holy Spirit's telling well, you, maybe don't it's watch it? Maybe it's not best. It's just not, it's yeah. not edifying you. Yeah. It's not building you up. And the Holy Spirit's trying to get you to play where, where you're revived, where you're alive, you come alive. Mm -hmm. And so- And where we have authority. Because I feel like right now, people, I, I'm hearing from people, I'm praying- and I'm not seeing certain things happen. You know, why are we not seeing this? Well, I mean, the truth is that we're supposed to believe that we're supposed to walk in the authority of his name. And yet we've just only preached salvation. We don't preach deliverance. We don't preach healing. We don't preach soundness of mind. We, we preach small, safe Jesus that will just be there for you when you die. We don't talk about a Jesus who wants to have partnership in your life now. And, and I feel like right now we've only preached part of the gospel. So we only see part of the gospel and going back to your entertainment thing. I remember when I was writing adamant, God said, you will never have authority over the things you choose to be entertained by. And so we can step back and say, I'm not going to laugh at these things that really aren't funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to partner with things that are going to dull my edge. I want to be I want to awaken to righteousness. No, that's what it is. It's a wake up sleeper. The night is almost over. Come on, be up and awake to what God is doing. Not what you're doing, not what everybody else is doing, what God is doing. So it comes down to what I heard in the gym this morning. I had my headphones on listening to Luke's gospel. And Jesus said, everyone who hears my words and does them is like a man who builds or yeah. a woman who builds their house on the rock. And then he says, then there's those people who hear my words, but yet they don't do them. So we're talking about obedience and disobedience. Mm -hmm. They build their house. 
So they're still building the house. They're still building their Christian life, yeah. but they're building it on sand. And when a strong enough storm comes, it falls, and great is the ruin of that house. And they both look the same until the storm comes. Until the storm comes. Yeah. So obedience, basically revival, is a return to obedience. And I say, why need to be revived? Stay alive, stay obedient, stay in love with Jesus, stay in love with your family members, and do what God tells you to do, and you don't need revival. Who needs revival are the people that have walked away. The over 23 million people that have walked away from the faith in the last 23 years in the United States that are now professing agnostics, atheists, and spiritualists, they're the ones that need revival. They're the ones that need but to come back home. But say what you always say, because I love the rest of that. Well, the Bible says there would be a great falling away in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, but the Bible does not say they're not going to come back. And just as John that. the Baptist was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, mm -hmm. I believe there's a bunch of young men and women and older men and women are going to be sent to the lost sheep of the church. Yeah. And that's who we're going after. Yeah. All right, that's it. We have talked about a little bit about revival. Yeah. And I just want to say to everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. And please, please remember to rate, review, and to subscribe to Conversations. And also, if you ha haven't, if you're new with us and you're just coming on, you don't know about it, I'm going to tell you about Messenger X. It is the app that we've developed. It is an amazing app. It has courses on it, books on it, audio books on it, and there's no charge at all to use it. In 123 languages. In 123 audio languages. Books. A pastor yeah. told me of a very large church in the East Coast. Mm -hmm. He said, when people get saved, we bring them back to the back room, we pray with them, and then we tell them while they're sitting there to download Messenger X app. And that's what we use to disciple all the new converts of our church. It is a tool that God gave the body of Christ. A lot of businessmen and women and pastors and churches invested a lot of money so that we could have this made available to us in 123 languages. So how do I get it? You go to App Store, you type in Messenger X, no space between the R and the X. And if you have an Android, go to Google Play, do the same thing. And if you have just a computer, which is great, just type in messengerx.com. All of them are going to bring you to the exact same place. You're going to have all those courses and books and audio books available to you and all the other things that we have on there. And then the big thing is share it with your friends. Okay. I've never been able to give a multi-million dollar gift to my friends before for their birthday, but now I can give any friend of mine a multi-million dollar gift by just hitting one little button and putting my contact in and it it, it texts or emails it right to them. So after, uh, with all that, we just want to say we love you guys. Thank you for allowing us to speak into your life. And please tell others about this podcast please. And until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you love to listen. Also, if you haven't already, go right ahead and download Messenger X to hear more content from John and Lisa Bevere and other great messengers. Again, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Conversations with John and Lisa.